0: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And joining me for this segment, the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Best Team Money Can Buy, the Los Angeles Dodgers' Wild Struggle to Build a Baseball Powerhouse, Molly Knight. Molly, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, the, the timing probably couldn't be any better, uh, especially since the U Darvish <laughs> trade wasn't even announced until uh, like five minutes after I went off the air yesterday. So, uh,
1: yeah, uh, glad yeah, I've got you on was t- a bit, today. That wasn't that crazy. I know when we were talking about my coming on, and I was like, "Well, this, this trade deadline is either going to go one of two ways, so it's probably better if I come on <laughs> afterwards because otherwise, like, I'm just going to be talking into the wind." <laughs>
0: yeah well and you know so uh i know that you, you you've got a little bit of an invested stake in in the uh, dodgers too so yeah. you know it could have been extreme joy or ex- extreme disappointment so I'm, I'm glad for you it's uh it's a it's a better outcome but uh, yeah. i certainly want to talk about uh, the sure. <laughs> i want to talk about the darvish deal but i also want to talk to you about your book uh which is fantastic sure, yeah. uh, thank you but i'm i'm i'm, I'm you're, you're very welcome thank you for writing it and and um I'm just curious in terms of what was your inspiration or your impetus for writing the book, because it's really kind of an, you know, on an Epic scale, uh, you know, really covering the team, you know, around the time of that, the sale from the McCourts and, uh, it it was a, the big project and, and I'm just curious how you, uh, decide to take that on.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I worked, uh, for ESPN for a long time and I was out here on the West coast, um, in LA, covering the McCourt divorce, and initially, I mean, I was living in New York at the time. And initial, initial initially, oh, sorry, we thought that it was going to be um, just a quick, like weekend trip, <laughs> like oh, they're going to settle, it's going to be fine, it's going to be like a quick little blip story. I was writing, and basically, I never left, um, and so <laughs> it 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 spiraled into the fiasco that it was, and and became such an important story because. It's pretty unprecedented for a for a commissioner to step in and essentially take a team away from an owner because of uh, you know gross negligence and incompetence and and, and embezzlement basically. Um, even though I wasn't allowed to say that in the book because of lawyers, uh, but but you know um, yeah, borrowing money against future season ticket sales and all that. And when you're in that kind of an environment, um, as I was every day, going from the courthouse to the clubhouse and talking to the players. It creates this sort of like, I don't know, bunker mentality, I think, where relationships become closer than they otherwise would have been. Uh, So you have players who are like, uh, am I going to get paid because the team was bankrupt? You know, like my agent doesn't really know what's going on. Like, can you text me if you hear anything? You know? And so uh, for once the reporter being me had information that they needed um, versus the other way around so, and then that sort of like um, I, I know I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but that's sort of like built into you know building relationships with um, you know players and uh, staff members and executives, and then you know going to dinners and meeting families and just sort of went from there. And and they really they since they went from being bankrupt essentially to then having the highest payroll in the history of uh, sports. Um the the goal was for them to go for me to write a book about them going from being bankrupt to winning the World Series in a year. Uh that didn't happen, uh as we know. But um but that was sort of the, the goal of the book and then just just my relationships with the players and, and the stuff that they told me. I mean it's their book, it's their stories and um I just wrote down what they said.
0: Yeah, well they're they're great stories, so I uh, highly recommend <laughs> to anybody who hasn't uh, hasn't read it yet. Uh but let's let's fast forward. Uh <laughs> to yesterday, Uh, so you Darvish is a Dodger, uh, and I'm really trying to see, you know, make this kind of an interesting discussion, because the way I look at it, I mean, you have to look very hard to see if there's any downside here. I'm not sure... There is any, certainly not from the Dodgers' perspective because no. they didn't have to give up a whole lot. But I do worry right. a little bit that, you know, Dodger Stadium has this reputation as being this pitcher's park. It's not really. Right. And Darvish has right. struggled a bit with lefties this year. So so what? Yeah, yeah. how do you see this playing out uh, the next couple of months for you, Darvish?
1: Yeah, and also, I mean, the ball is juiced this year. I don't care what anybody in MLB says. Um, <laughs> players can feel the difference on the ball. You talk to any pitcher and they'll know they can just tell um that the ball feels different um and it's causing a lot of blister problems so yeah so many pitchers are having trouble keeping the ball in the yard um Kershaw's given up more home runs this year than, than ever before uh just despite still being um you know one of the best if not the best in baseball behind max scherzer um i think look you're absolutely right uh they gave up willie calhoun who can slide out hit but he's my height he's like five six um he's a little uh Hefty, and uh, you know, scouts don't think he can play at second base, so he might just be, you know, destined to DH hood, which doesn't do the Dodgers any good. Um, and the Rangers got a couple of upside plays, uh, in the other prospects they got. But look, I mean, to me, um, because I have developed uh, somewhat of an emotional attachment to Clayton Kershaw's success, uh, uh, I and, and that narrative around him that he that he took in the playoffs. Um, I don't think people realize that. You know, like last year, he pitched four times in nine days, which is insane. Um, nobody does. Nobody else is asked to do that. People talk about Madison Bumgarner being an Iron Man, And, yeah, he's awesome during the playoffs. But he made every start during that run um, on regular rest. And then he came in in the hmm. World Series at the end and, and, um, on short rest and relieved. But, I mean, he was never asked to go on three days rest every time like Kershaw was. And they set him up to fail he would do fine in the starts on three days rest. And then the next day, the next star's arm was dead. And he's never going to make excuses. He's always going to want the ball. But they kept doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And to the point where it's just like, this is madness. And now with Darvish and Hill and Wood, they've got, um, you know, four pitchers who can go out there so they can trust somebody else to throw game four, whether they're up two to one um or down one to two i mean he still might want the ball but you know hopefully cooler heads will prevail and it won't be all on him to to do it because that's just insane the human arm can't do it um it just can't so even if you're superman like kershaw so that's for me that's what's exciting like if they're going to lose this year at least they're going to lose in a different way and not because they left kershaw on the mound to die
0: so yeah, give you some, give you something else to watch, right uh, so, yeah, I yeah, like the way that way of putting it they lose they lose losing it in a novel way um, yeah. so uh, yeah, for uh, sure but uh, <laughs> uh, well uh, one of the things in the book that i I really liked a lot was um, your discussion about entree etier and uh, you know sort of it shouldn't be, but to be sort of shocking uh, and it, I, this is probably a bad word choice on my part, Molly, but it almost sounds mercenary. Uh, in oh. terms of uh, you know him being very outspoken in terms of you know how things would affect his, his you know future salary, if that's you know oh,
1: the operation.
0: <laughs> out of line, if that, uh, you should correct me. But um, but you talk about how he and Adrian Gonzalez really differed. Uh, in terms yeah. of their approach in different types of situations, and how Gonzalez was really masterful in in those you know clutch type situations, uh, very good at you know uh, moving advancing runners and driving in runs, and changing his approach to to fit the situation. Mm-hmm. And looking at the Dodgers splits from this season, it seems like Justin Turner in particular, but both he and Corey Seager maybe have. Uh, learned that lesson from Adrian Gonzalez because they they both are hitting extremely well with runners in scoring position, even though they're not generating as much power in those situations. Right, Um, right. and, and, And what this reminded me of, I had a discussion with AJ Pollock two seasons ago where he talked about how there was a culture... Among the Diamondbacks, you know, him and and Goldschmidt and David Peralta and some others, uh, you know, where they would learn things and and kind of share them with each other. And you could see that in their statistical profiles. Is there that that kind of, from what you know, that kind of culture on the Dodgers?
1: Yeah, I think so. And and to be fair to Andre Ethier, I mean, and I know what comment you're referring to because it's great, you know, after he advanced the runner at one point um, and he said, I'm not, that's not going to help me in arbitration. It's just kind of a comment he made in frustration because he was trying, trying to drive the run. And then also because he was young and dumb, but, um, but no, I think, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think that, um, I think that something that, about this team um, and I don't know if it's, yeah, it's contagious and, and, what not is they're just relentless they kind of remind me of like a Cardinals team or even like the royals team that won the world series recently like top to bottom they're tough outs. you know they might not all hit 40 home runs but it seems like you get them 0-2 you get them 1-2 and then all of a sudden you know they're fouling off pitches fouling off pitches and all of a sudden you look up and it's 3-2 again um you got even even uh yasiel puig is just taking much better at bats um he used to be a guy who for all of his talent, um, you know, he wanted it so bad it was like he would try too hard in clutch situations and 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 not come through and he's had just in the last couple of weeks he's had two uh he's had a you know a come from behind, two out, bottom of the ninth, uh three run home run to put give them the lead and he uh last game the other night he had a um uh you know a single in the bottom of the ninth driving the tying run. I mean that's a crazy good uh, sign for them from the eighth hitter. But I think you're right. I think that um, it's just a nightmare having to go through uh, Seeger, Turner, Bellinger, not to mention Chris Babe Ruth Taylor uh, in, in, in the leadoff spot. Um, and I know, too, that Bellinger has cut down on his strikeouts as well um, since the All-Star break. Uh, so that's just I mean, it's just a nightmare. Um, and then when you have somebody like Chase Utley coming in there, who's literally willing to do anything to get on base, um, you know, including lean into a pitch or two, um, it's just it, it, it's it's one thing to be bludgeoned to death by their talent, which which is what they do. But when they can't do that on any given night, like the other night versus Bumgarner, um, they just they were just oh god, they just, they were just so annoying. You know, they they annoyed the relievers to death, and they won. So that's, that's a rare – you're right, that's a rare quality in a team um, to have to have both. I think that's probably why people compare them to the um, 98 Yankees who were superlatively talented but also relentless.
0: Yeah, well, uh, certainly have been relentless so far. Really looking forward to uh, watching these uh, last couple of months. And, again, with the uh, new and improved rotation, it uh, should be fun to watch. So, Molly, thank you so much for joining us. And, and not only should everybody <laughs> check out your book – but uh, Twitter, at Molly underscore night. Molly, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, uh, we're going to head to break, but we'll be right back. There's a lot more analysis, so stick around.